This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. We started part one of the This Is Us series. I told you it was actually in 2018 we planned to do a series in 2019 on marriage. And then that got changed to the Ghost Story series on the Holy Spirit. And so I pushed it out to the same, about the same time this year, and it got changed again. And it's kind of shifted and molded. But it's been amazing in the midst of it, even over the last few weeks as we've put together the This Is Us series, um, how we've seen the Lord kind of move our ideas. It was, like I say, it was going to be a marriage series. It was going to be a family series. Guys, it is a family series. This is us. This is us. Your coworkers, your family, your extended family. Guys, the human race, this is us. And let me tell you, you guys know as well as I do that we're all very different. We look different. We come from different backgrounds. Us, it can be complicated and messy. That's what I told Sean. I said if, if, if the state of the world right now, if the United States had a Facebook page and it said relationship status, it would say complicated right now. <laughs> it's complicated. Because relationships aren't the easiest thing in the world. But community is something that we are missing and that we desperately need right now. And so last week we had started it. And like I say, it's called This Is Us. But we, we kind of subtitled last week's message, Necessary Us. Emphasizing that it is necessary that there being us. It, not me. Us. Us together, and we gave you three things. We talked about it. through good, godly, healthy relationships, we should gain three things. A transformed life. Your life should be transformed for the good because of the relationships in your life. Secondly, as, as a result of the relationships in your life, you should attain a life of accountability. It should help our lives to stay on track because of the good, godly relationships we have. And then thirdly, you should attain a strength in life. We are stronger. We should be stronger because of relationships that we have. Now, how many of you have said that you've had relationships in your life that have not made you stronger, that have pulled you down and made you weaker? Of course. But that's why we pursue good, godly, healthy relationships in our lives. So in week one, we, we just wanted to establish the importance of relationships again, even in the midst of what's going on in the world, because we don't even exactly know what this is, looks like. How, how do we continue on in community and relationship in, 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 in the world today? Um, but, you know, we wanted to continue on. So we began thinking, and the Lord kind of began directing us in this about kind of the complicated side of this. What makes this hard? What makes this community thing, this us thing, what makes this so difficult sometimes? And, People. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, get rid of everybody and relationships will be easy. Um, What makes this so difficult? So today we're kind of going to go a little bit of a different direction and we're going to start kind of answering that question, which we'll probably do for the next two weeks. But how many of you know that we're all different? We're all very different. And so in the This Is Us series today, we're going to subtitle this one, Diverse Us. Diverse us. Now, we hear the word diverse, and we, we immediately think of, of race or things today. But guys, of course, that's a small part of it. But diversity is much, much more than that. We are extremely diverse, uh, not just in this church, but, but in our community and in the world today. We are extremely diverse people. We are very different. So, so uh, a, f- a few examples of that. You wanna... well, actually, let's just start out with having a little bit of fun here. We're talking about diversity, right? So um, got a little quiz for you. Um, dogs or cats? Where's my dogs, people? Dogs. Yes, I love you guys. Where are you, my cat people? 
Yeah, y'all can just stay in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Okay, how about this one? Beach versus mountains. Beach <sighs> people, mountain people, both. Both. Anything. Okay, um, okay. Chocolate or vanilla? Chocolate. Vanilla. Oh, yeah, there, there you both. are. Vanilla, both. Swirl. <laughs> Swirl, yeah. Okay, okay. Some of you, okay, good thing Mike Stewart's not here. Um, okay, Apple versus Android. Apple. Apple. <laughs> Android. <laughs> okay. All right, okay. Um, Richard Bounds, this one's for you. Coke versus Pepsi. Where are my Coke people at? Coca-Cola. Okay, where's my Pepsi? Where's my Pepsi people? All three of you. Oh, we have three Pepsi people. <laughs> okay. How many, how many of you did the Pepsi challenge back in the day? Y'all remember that? Way that, back You got to be a little bit old to remember yep, the Pepsi yep. challenge. I remember doing that one day, and they put out the Pepsi people, put out the two cups for me. I drank, oh, drank that. It's like that one for sure. And they're like, that's Coke. Go away. <laughs> okay, so this, is, this one might be a challenge, y'all. Okay, toilet paper over or under? Where are my over people at? Over. Got to be over. Under. 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 Oh, wow. Got to wow. reach under trying to okay. get it. Last one here. This will really show where some of us are at. Um, country versus rap. Where's my country people? Where's my rap people? <laughs> I love it. Love it. We, I first okay, both. Both? 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 I, I asked these questions. We asked these questions to Madison. So we said, country rap, Madison. She's like, dad, rap. <laughs> <laughs> she hates country. She does country. not like country. <laughs> neither. Neither. How about neither? How about neither? Yeah. <laughs> Few of you. So, okay, we just laughed, okay? Some of those are preferences. But, we're, you know, we're talking about diversity today. And in this, um, this is a series, we want to talk about how we are all diverse, how we all are different in many, many ways. And that's, what, that's what's very interesting about the church is we are a melting pot of people from all different walks of life, all different backgrounds, raised different ways, different traditions, different ways of thinking, different perspectives, and it makes things complicated, right? I think that's going to be the title of next week. Com messy complicated us, I think is, is what we're going to talk about as we, as we further this, take it on a little bit next week. But, but what we want to do is we're going to give you Three points about diversity, and I encourage you guys, if you will, you can uh, actually you can put the slide on the screen for the YouVersion Bible app. If you, if you uh, have never done so before, open the Bible app on your mobile device. All the notes are uploaded there. There's also a link for your giving. There's a link for your connection card. I encourage you guys to take advantage of the YouVersion Bible app, but the notes for today are in there, and you can follow along. They're already there. You can actually download them and email them to yourself, whatever, uh, whatever you want to do. So, um, so... Yes, I did jump way ahead, didn't I? Okay. So I want to talk about, in talking about diversity for a moment, defining diversity, the dictionary says diversity is the state or fact of being diverse. Don't okay. you love when the dictionary gives you the definition with Uses the word, the word in the definition. Diverse, diverse, diverse. Diver uh, yeah. Um, difference, unlikeness, variety, multiformity, individuals representing more than one national origin, color, religion, socioeconomic stratum, etc. It also said a point of difference. And then there was one other, there was a website I read, and it said diversity includes everything that we are and everything that we are not. Does that make sense? 
Very broad, isn't very it? Broad. Very, very broad. Very broad, very general. So as spectrum. I was trying to define diversity, I tried to think of a few things that might come to mind. So you know, a lot of times when you have a job application or you're going to fill out a passport or different things, you know, so what are some of the questions? Obviously gender, right? Um, race, um, age, a couple other things. How about, um, and this isn't usually on an application, but mindsets, the way we perceive things, um, our upbringing. Um, how many of you guys have ever recognized that we are diverse even in our understanding and relationship with God? You know, our expressions of worship, our convictions, our, revel our revelations, our understanding. You know, even like baptism. You know, some say sprinkle, some say dunk. Some say baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Some say do in Jesus. Some say Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and even the name of the Lord Jesus. Okay, you understand what I'm saying. There's a lot of different reasonings, thoughts, um, um, that help create that diversity within us. Yep. So now I'm going to give you three points about three diversity. Three points today. Y'all are ready? I'm going to give you three points about diversity. So number one, this kind of comes from last week. Diversity is a very good God idea. Yep. Diversity is a very good God idea. Now, recognizing that God made us diverse, he gave us different gifts and talents, he gave us different spiritual gifts. God did not create us as clones or robots. Thank goodness. I know you don't want two of me either. <laughs> God did not create us as clones or robots. He started from the very beginning creating male and female. Now, how many of you have come to a place of maturity in your life where you realize there's a difference between male and female? Is bit. that a maturity thing? I mean, hopefully you just know there's a difference a between bit of a male difference. and female. And look at this. In Mark 10, verse 6, it says, But God made them male and female from the beginning of creation. So the creation of man and woman at the very beginning is diversity in its most basic form. The sexes are very different, yet the sexes very much complete and complement one another as well in their diversity. Um, in Genesis chapter 1, uh, we talked about last week, we talked about how God said it was not good that man be alone, right? He said in chapter 2, he said it's not good that man be alone. But if you jump back to chapter, two, back to chapter 1, I'm sorry, chapter 1 talks about the creation of man and woman. Actually, chapter 2 actually goes backwards for a second into that, into that sixth day. So if you go back to chapter 1, it says in, um, let's see. It says in Genesis 1, verse 27, it says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. And then it says he told them to be fruitful and multiply. And he follows that by saying it was not good. He said it was very good. It's the only thing that we see God ever say was very good. So the diversity, the difference, male and female, this difference was very good from the beginning. And so... We got to understand too that all of the diversity that we find today, the differences between you and me and all of us collectively, all of those differences, all of that diversity, I believe, were found within Adam and Eve. Does that make sense? We're their descendants. They were created in the image of God. We were each created in the image of God. So, but we are descendants of Adam and Eve. So all of that diversity, God planted that all within Adam and Eve from the very beginning. And so all these different things, all of our differences, all of that has come forth over time from our ancestors, from Adam and Eve, as God created them in the image of God. 
All right, so this kind of comes to the next, not point three, but this is B in my little outline here, all right? so We're still talking about how diversity is a very good God idea. Right, so the next thing is another act of God that created diversity, think about this, occurred at the Tower of Babel. Think for a moment, kind of like, oh, wow, right? Because you saw everybody coming together. They were the all one, still lumped together all in lumped one group. together, yep. same language, talking, right? Genesis 11, 9. And right here it says, that is why the city was called Babel, because that is where the Lord confused the people with different languages. In this way, he scattered them all over the world. So humankind was all clustered together. They were in one place doing the same thing. But what did God want from them? We actually know in Genesis chapter 9, verse 1, um, it says, Then God blessed Noah and his sons, and he told them to be fruitful and to multiply. And to fill the earth. And to fill the earth. So he gave direction. They're not doing what God said. So God, don't you love how God can kind of help us out sometimes? He lit a little fire <laughs> under, under so him God, there. So God's like, you know, I'm going to help them out a little bit. So to encourage their obedience, he confused their language, making it impossible for them to work together. From there, humanity spread across the earth. People with the same language remained together people with different languages, you know, they kind of spread out. They're speaking different languages. Over time, we saw different cultures, different races, um, different regional dialects. I mean, where are our southern people here? Okay, do we have any northerners? Okay, we got, right, so we got a whole one or two, you know. Um, yeah, just by the way we speak, people be like, you're from the south, right? <laughs> well, I gave it away. I have no idea. Okay, you know, just even our dialect based on where we're at, we, it, it affects us. Um, and so that's how we have the world now. We've got different colors. We've got different ethnicities. We've got different languages, um, different ways of doing life. So diversity is a very good God idea. And in that, you've got to think that diversity is part of being human. And here's the thing, guys. God created us in his image, and he said it was very good. That means God delights in our diversity. He delights in it. He loves it. You getting this? I've heard people say, well, there will be no differences in heaven. I've heard people say, there will be no color in heaven. Really? You, you, really, you really think? We know that if you look in Revelation, it says that we will be of every nation, tribe, and tongue. I, 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 believe, I, I, I don't believe we're going to lose those things in heaven. I don't believe we're going to lose our diversity. People use a couple of different scriptures to say, well, God doesn't see us as male or female. Is whatever. No, but I, 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 he's saying that he sees us the same as his, as his child. He doesn't see the outward. But I believe that those things, that, that the, the nation, the tribe, the tongue that we come from, that diversity is still going to be, it's going to be uniquely us even in eternity. We don't lose that. We don't lose it. Does that make sense? So obviously, when we talk about diversity, as I said in the beginning, you know, a lot of people immediately talk about race. And Pastor John Gray, and some of y'all watched the video he did, I, I mentioned a few weeks ago, and he, said, he talks about people who claim to be colorblind. Well, I don't see color, I'm colorblind. He said, well, God's not. God made me this way. God made me that. And he said, by the way, it's funny that people use the words I'm colorblind, and they, they back that up by saying, because, see, I'm colorblind because I got a white friend, and I got a black friend, and I got an Asian friend, and I got a Hispanic friend. Well, it's like, how do you know if you're colorblind? How do you even know? How do you know? God loves it. He loves the differences. He loves the diversity, and he delights in it. 
So God enjoys the diversity in the human race. We each were created in his image for his pleasure and his glory. A couple of scriptures. Revelation 4, verse 11 says, You are worthy, O Lord our God, (laughs) to receive glory and honor and power. But get this, for you created all things. That's diversity. And they exist because you created what you pleased. He is pleased with our differences and our diversity. Colossians 1, verse 16. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. Guys, God designed us the way we are, and he delights in his handiwork. He looks at you with your differences. sitting. You may be so different from the person next to you, but God looks at you, and he says, it's very good. And he delights in it, and he loves it. So we've established, number one, that was our first point, that diversity is it's not just a God idea. It's a very good, that's what he says, very good God idea. Which takes us into number two. Diversity is often a human struggle. Did anybody agree with that? What? <laughs> some of you like, some of you like, mm, I don't know. Some of you like, mm-hmm. And so How I many really, of you would say our differences can be a problem sometimes? Yes, absolutely. Um, and so, you know, I kind of ask myself why. Why as humans would we say that diversity is a struggle? And, you know, I think part of that is because we are naturally inclined to um, go towards those people that are like us. We're more comfortable around those that um, we're more comfortable. Um, We feel like we fit in. We feel accepted. But then just the opposite of that is, you know, a lot of times um, we're standoffish with those that are different because they make us feel different or we feel uncomfortable around them or we feel like we don't fit in or we feel like we are not accepted. Um, So just... I think naturally we are drawn towards people that are similar. And so when we are positioned with those that are a little bit different, it just doesn't feel quite right. Um, I know this week I was talking to Madison, and she was telling me how there's a new employee. um, She works at Chick-fil-A. There's this new boy. He's about 16 years old, and um, he actually has a limp, and then I can't, like, move his arm quite right. And um, and so she came home. She's like, Mom, it, it just... It so frustrates me because I see that people aren't engaging him like they do the other employees. She goes, I see like he's just kind of like standing there lost and doesn't know what to do. And um, she goes, you know, I found myself, because she's a trainer, and she's like, I found myself wanting to intentionally engage him so that he didn't feel uncomfortable and unaccepted. Like, how can he do this job? What at Chick-fil-A can he do and succeed at? And so she engaged him in conversation. And so, you know, once again, that's like sometimes when people look a little different, good or bad, we just don't know what to do sometimes or how to engage. Um, What about this? How many of you have ever gone somewhere, whether it's a new job, your first day on a job, or those of you that are in school, um, elementary school, high school, you know, and, and you know nobody and you walk in. Has anybody ever been there like you know nobody? What do you naturally do? Everybody but Zach, everybody but Zach looks around and is like, okay, where are the athletes? I'm going to go hang with them. Where are the band members? I want to hang with them. Where are my gamers? I want to hang with them. They try to find somebody that they feel like they can identify with, that they will be accepted, and that they will be comfortable with. And so we naturally go towards those that are 
more like us than diverse from us. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit more. And something as we were sitting down and writing this that, just, that, that, that the Lord just gave me that I thought of. Guys, in our own pride and self-centeredness, I, I don't think I put this in the notes, but you, some of you may want to write it down. In our own pride, I'm sorry, this, in our own pride and self-centeredness, as humans, many times we try to make others conform to our own image. In our own pride and self-centeredness, we try to make or we expect others to conform to our own image. And we think everybody should look like us and talk like us and dress like us and worship like us. And we put that expectation on them. And, you know, I think that for one of the problems in there, I think one of the reasons we see for that, I think for years, um, for a very long time, I think the American church taught that you had to look a certain way and you had to act a certain way and you had to talk a certain way as a follower of Jesus. You had to fall into a certain mold. I know that there was an issue, it was an issue for many, many years. We know the United States, again, thank God for the United States of America, we have sent more missionaries all over the world and brought more people to Christ than any other nation in the history of the earth. But here's one problem. For many, many years, American missionaries were going overseas, they were going to all these places, spreading the gospel and the good news of Jesus but they were trying to westernize the world. Does this make sense? They were trying to westernize them. So for years, Americans are going to all these lost tribes and nations and trying to conform them into the American image, into the image of the American church and American society. I, as one, I I am very proud. I've been on trips overseas with Dr. Leon of Global Missions and Relief, I've been overseas with Overland Missions. We support both those ministries that are going all over the world, and they will not stop until every ear hears the good news of the saving grace of Jesus. But what, here's what I love about those ministries that we support. I love the fact that they are all about allowing other cultures to be proud of their heritage. They, they are bringing Jesus to, to, to these lost tribes and nations and whatever it may be, but they are encouraging them to embrace the very things that make them unique in the world and set apart from everybody else. They're not trying to change them. They're not trying to westernize them. They're not trying to change the way they look or the way they dress or the way they talk, but they're bringing them the truth of Jesus in the Word. They want them to hold on to that diversity in who God made them to be. We've got to focus on what's important. Um, to point, uh, the point is to bring Jesus to people while allowing them to remain the unique people that God created them to be. So we established that diversity is a good God idea. He sees it as very good. We've also established that diversity can be a real struggle within human beings. And here's the thing. You guys know as well as I do that the enemy is awfully good at taking things that are very good and perverting them into something terrible. We're seeing some of that, well, we, we've all seen it in our lives in different areas. We're seeing some of that in our, in our nation right now. He twists things that God creates as good, and he twists it into something perverted. So some of us try to use diversity as an excuse to justify immorality or sin. Think for a moment. Some of us try to use diversity as an excuse to justify immorality or sin. Well, that's just um, who I am. Well, that's just who I am. So, a couple examples that come to mind right here. Well, let me say this first. As Christians, we cannot allow our diversity to be an excuse and justification for bad behavior and bad attitudes. All right? As believers, we can't just say, well, that's the way I am. 
So a couple examples that come right here um, with that is um, that's how my mama did it, that's how my grandmama did it, and that's how I'm going to do it, so you better just live with it. Or how about this one? Um, well, I was just born that way. God made me that way, possibly in reference to your sexual preference. How do you guys know that that's contrary to the Word of God? Um, how about, okay, how about ladies? I'm going to speak to y'all a minute. <laughs> I don't want to say this nicely. You know what? It's just that time of the month. I am moody. I'm angry. I can't stand this world, and you're just going to have to wait a few days to get over this attitude. <laughs> Girls, ladies, that's not okay. Your monthly is not permission to go crazy and to have stupid actions and behaviors. You got to go to the Lord. Lord, help me get those emotions under control and that anger under control. Um, right here, a couple other things with that. You know, I'm a man. This might be the mindset. I'm a man. I'm a woman. I'm an American. I'm an extrovert. I'm a conservative, I'm a Republican, I'm a Democrat, I'm this race or I'm that race, I'm this nationality and you know how I can be. Okay, you guys understand, we're probably all guilty at some point of trying to validate our sin based on that's just how I grew up and it's not okay. It's not okay. I love, or get this one y'all because, you know, Rob talked about how times Christians can do this and we're all Christians, but mindsets. Bill Johnson made this statement. You don't have to raise your hand if you're guilty of this one, but I loved it. He said, most Christians with bitterness have a need to justify their sin. They usually do it with the virtuous names for the sin like discernment, wisdom, etc. And then they attract people with complaints as it confirms their discernment. Ouch. <laughs> Just something to maybe say, am I guilty of? I know none of you guys are. None of you at all. <laughs> so while we have different sin strongholds or different struggles, we cannot allow unrepentant sin to continue under the disguise of diversity. The diversity God created is good, but sin, as you guys know, can also be very diverse. And God has nothing to do with that. So, a couple other examples here. Let's look at a few self-sin struggles. Say self. Self. Okay, how many you know generally self has to do with pride? How many you know that pride is not of the Lord, right? So, anybody guilty of these self-sin struggles? Um, Self-sitterness. Mm -hmm. It's all about me. What about me? That's not fair. Self-rule. I got this. I can do it on my own. Ain't no God or anybody else going to tell me what to do. Self-sufficiency. I don't need help from them. I don't need help from God. I'm, I'm a man made. I made myself. I've worked hard. Self-righteousness. <sighs> Looks down on everybody, right? Well, I'm better than them. I'm holier than them. Self-satisfaction. You know, all these things have nothing to do with diversity and should have no place in our lives. Let's just call them what they are. Sin. So in that, as we're talking about diversity being a human struggle, um, how many of you know that the focus on diversity can sometimes even become its own God? 
And I want to explain that for a minute because I'm, I'm, I, I don't want to go from two extremes here. I, I, God loves and delights in our diversity, but we can also make it a God. So a few things I want to mention in that. Diversity, many times, will be revered above the one who created the diversity. Does this make sense? In extreme excess emphasis, if, if there's extreme excess emphasis on diversity, what it ends up tending to do is simply highlight our differences. All we end up focused on is how we're different. Let me tell you this. God loves and delights in our diversity, but he is even more concerned with our unity. And we can see that. You can look at Ephesians 4.3. I'm going to read you Galatians 3.28. It says, There is neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Now, we're standing here today, and, it, and you've got to understand, again, what this means. It's the way that God looks at us. He sees us as his children, as one family. But that doesn't mean that Jews didn't exist and Greeks didn't exist and that slaves and free people didn't exist and males and females didn't exist. We still have those differences. We have those diversities. But God is even more concerned with our unity in the midst of the diversity. God is saying that our differences should not define us as children of God. Those who belong to the Lord Jesus should first be children of God. And then everything else follows after that. So, you know, one of the things I thought of in, in, in thinking about this, so, when, so for men, we, I, we, she asked a few minutes ago how many men were here. We had about three of you said, hey, I don't know what the <laughs> deal is with the rest of you. But for us men, when, when we meet, when somebody introduces us and, and says, hey, I want you to meet the, Mr. So-and-so, and, and we usually say, hey, how you doing? Good, how you doing? We shake hands. What's the next question as you stand there awkwardly? So, so what do you do? That's usually the next question. So, so, so what do you do? Oh, well, I'm, I work in construction. What do you do? And that, that's what, how men, that, that, that's usually how a conversation starts between men. That's how it works. Why? Because we see our occupation. We see what we put our hands to as our identity. In reality, the first thing that should come out of our mouths is, I'm a Christ follower. Who, who are you? What do you do? Oh, I, I'm, a, I'm a Christ follower. I'm a, I'm a Christian. That really should be what we identify ourselves with first before our occupation. God created diversity, and it's a great thing, but we should first define ourselves and identify ourselves as Christ followers, as children of God. And this should trump everything else in regards to our diversity. And in this, let me mention this too, we cannot allow our diversity to bring division between us. It's another one of those things the enemy loves to take something that, as we already established, is very good. He loves to get a hold of it and try and pervert it. We cannot allow this very good thing that God created within us to bring division between us. We need to be open to others, to others, to, to, to their thoughts, to their ideas, to their way of life, so that we can do it. And we want to do that in favor of unity in the spirit, as we talked about a few weeks ago, we, we've got to stop even in, in people's diversity that we come in contact with that we simply don't understand. The first good idea is to keep your mouth shut and to listen and try to empathize and understand where they're coming from because you're not there. That's not you. It's another form of diversity. It's some of those differences that God placed within us. You can't relate to it. So stop and listen and look and understand and empathize in the midst of it all. That is the first most important step. I believe it's what Jesus would do. He was a person of compassion, and he understood that God created us very diverse and different. So just because 
in our diversity, as Shauna said, just because you're a dog lover yes. doesn't mean you don't hang out with a cat lover. Amen. It doesn't Amen. mean you don't go to their house because they only have cats and I don't like cats, I only like dogs. And so I'm not going to their place. No, you put your diversity, your preference, you put that aside for a moment to have unity with the other person. Does this make sense? Jesus' prayer in John chapter 17 shows us that he desires for his, his desire for his disciples with it. I can't even talk. Okay. And John chapter 17 shows that his desire for his disciples was that they may be one as you and I are one. And how many of you know that they were a diverse group of disciples, right? Different professions. You had some educated, some uneducated. Some, I mean, they were very diverse, but yet he wanted them one in who? The Lord right? What Christ was working and doing. So, so far today, we've talked about diversity is a very good God idea. Secondly, we've talked about how diversity is often um, a human struggle. And then the third thing we want to address today is that diversity makes us stronger. We have to recognize that even though it may make us uncomfortable, even though it can be a struggle, um, that it is worth the struggle. It is worth pursuing. We are stronger together as Christians and believers with our diversity when he's the focus and he's the number one. And actually, this is the point that I, I, I meant when I, I said, if, if this isn't in your notes, you may want to write this down. This, this just kind of came to me a couple of days ago. If we were each created in the image of God, and if it is very good, then when we embrace diversity, we're embracing the fullness of God. Say it again. If we were each created in the image of God, and if it is very good, then when we embrace diversity, we are embracing the fullness of God. Does that make sense? In his last long recorded prayer, just before his crucifixion, Jesus prayed in John 17, verse 23. He said, I'm in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Remember, he's talking, he's there, he's there with the disciples, he's praying for the Lord, he's talking about a, a diverse group of people. He, he's really talking about the world, is, is what he's talking about. All the diversity of the world, and he's saying, may they experience such perfect unity in the world that they'll know me. So with that, you know, diversity should bring humility, right? A while ago, we kind of talked about pride and talked about self. Um, you know, diversity should bring humility. And we read this verse last week, Ephesians 4, chapter 2. It says, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. How many of you guys know that, you know, the Jews struggled with believing um, that they were better or superior to the Gentiles, right? They kind of had this pride going along, right? Like, oh, we're the chosen people. We are, we are the ones, right? They kind of struggled with that. Um, but what we know is that, you know, we have to embrace the fullness of God through diversity just like they did. Uh, we still have to let go of our pride. We have to be willing to include, follow, and even learn from others that are different from us. And sometimes that requires humility. Now, guys, we're not talking about sin issues. We're talking about Christians, all right? Now, with some that we're engaging with senators, we may need to just listen sometimes instead of just start barking at them, right? 
and love them exactly where they're at and then give an opportunity to speak to them. Yeah. So one of the things God desires of us is that we grow in grace. And it, it, that's mentioned in the Bible a number of times that we grow in grace. Now, I mentioned last week that how we many times can have tunnel vision, right? We only see what we want to see, and we only can see from our own perspective and our own way of doing things and the way we were raised. And so we, we only we see things in a very limited point of view. You guys agree with that? That's part of the reason we need a, a diverse people um, around us. So we can only see from our own perspective, but when others from different walks of life, from different experiences, from different ways of thinking come alongside us, we allow them to come alongside us, or, or we could say we come alongside them, then we will be stretched and we will grow, and we will grow in that grace that God is talking about here. I want to throw in an example real quick. You know, God uses our diversity to accomplish his purposes. And so an example that comes to mind, when Rob and I first got married, the first job that we took um, was actually in Rantoul, Illinois, in a small church, wasn't really a small church, but a church in a small community. And uh, we would have weekly staff meetings, and so we would have Rob and I who were... 21. I mean, I had just turned 20, all right? So we were in our early 20s as the youth pastors. The senior pastors were probably at that time in their 50s. Early 50s. And then there were the associate pastors that were probably in their late 70s, if not early 80s. So, you know, here we had three very diverse groups of people, um, different ages, different experiences. Now, we all loved the Lord, but how many know we had many strong opinions? But, you know, us coming together and voicing those opinions and then seeking the Lord made the church stronger. It made us stronger as the body of Christ. And so that's part of embracing that diversity, not having that mindset of if we're older, oh, they're just foolish and don't know. Or if we're younger, be like, okay, I've been there, y'all. We're younger. We just think we know it all sometimes. And I may be like, maybe I need to listen to what they're saying. And I might can learn through their experience. Well, in, in those moment. staff meetings, the senior pastor was a businessman uh, yes. and very successful businessman. The associate pastors, they were great folks, kind of, he was a kind of work with your hands kind of guy and, and get things done. And then we were, like I say, you would just turn 20. I, I would just say we were young and, and dumb. <laughs> uh, wet behind the ears, I think they say, <laughs> yep, yep. and whatever else. So, so it completely different ways of thinking, even outside of the, the dynamic of, yeah. of age and, and everything else in it. So God calls us to grow in grace. 2 Peter 3, verse 18 says, Rather, you must grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So when we are called to reach others for Christ, and, and here's the thing, as I've, as I've mentioned a few times, the growth of the early church was almost stunned. We look at the early church and what a great model. And I mean, they were in part, part persecution partially spread. You know, that was one of the major factors that spread the early church. But, but they were almost stunted because the believers struggled with believing that God could accept others besides them. It could have been their undoing if they hadn't allowed God to change their, their mindsets and change their hearts in the midst of it all. So thank God uh, especially for us today, thank God they listened and, uh, and were obedient to the, to the voice of the Holy Spirit in the midst of it all because we would have never heard the good news of Jesus if, if, they, if they hadn't, if they had stuck in the old ways and the old mindset. Uh, but we know that within a very short time, they were spreading all out, out all over the known world and they were leading the Gentiles to Christ and seeing them saved and filled with the Holy Spirit all over the, all over the known world. Uh, so, and by the way, the Gentiles, uh, if you think about it, the Gentiles were everybody else, right? So you had the Jews and you had the Gentiles. And the Gentiles was basically the world. So they, they were as diverse as it came, right? 
Uh, they were talking about from different backgrounds and walks of life and nations and tongues and tribes. Uh, it, it was. It was everybody else but the Jews. So the world is so diverse, and there are people that you can reach for Jesus because of the diversity in you that I can't reach for Jesus. And there's maybe people that I can reach for Jesus that you can't because of the diversity in me between you and I. Does that make sense? That's why we absolutely have to embrace the diversity in the body of Christ. Um, yes. All right. All right. So kind of wrapping it up here, guys. You know, diversity can be difficult. Agreed? Anybody disagree with that? <laughs> diversity can be difficult, but it is worth the struggle and it's worth pursuing. And as believers, I feel like we have a responsibility to instead of shy away to actually engage individuals that are different and try to understand and try to relate and try to come to a truth with what the Word of God says. Um, we should not see diversity as an obstacle, but as a very significant means to accomplish God's purpose. Diversity can help us accomplish what God wants us to do. It's something that we pursue because it's who we are as the body of Christ and even as mankind. You know, God created us diverse. He says that, um, he says with that, the diversity was very good. We talked about that earlier, very good. Um, if we truly believe this, then we need to stretch ourselves and start pursuing relationships with those that are different from us. And that's hard to do sometimes because we're just comfortable when we know somebody's right with us. But we've got to be intentional about, you know, interacting with people that are different and do things different. And obviously that the church should be the one leading the way in the midst of this, in the midst of pursuing diversity. And I said we're all different. We even worship in different ways. I remember a book, um, a book Pastor John had us read when we were in Illinois, Primary Purpose. He talked about, the author of this book talked about going and pastoring a church and, and uh, trying to bring all these churches together un, un, just under one banner and trying to accomplish something. And he talked about all the division in the church and it was so difficult to get anything accomplished. And they finally wrote out what they believed and what they could stand on and agree on together so that they could stand together. And, but he said people started coming out of the woodwork. He had some guys that came up to him and uh, they, wanted to do a, they wanted to go prayer, on a, do a prayer walk in the neighborhood. And he's like, all right, well, yeah, let's, let's do a prayer walk. So he, he shows up for these young guys for their prayer walk, and they've all got um, uh, tank, um, uh, tank like fertilizer, weed sprayer things on them, and they had filled them with oil. And they were going around, and they wanted to spray all the curbs with oil and anoint all the curbs all over the neighborhood with oil. And he was like, "That's strange. <laughs> <laughs> that that's just." Uh, I've seen people. I've seen people anointed with oil. Maybe, maybe we do the little thing, you know, whatever. But tank sprayers, spraying, the, you know, what? And he said it took him back, but he stopped and he saw their hearts in this, and he said, he said, spray away, <laughs> go for it, you know. Let, he said, I, I <laughs> don't know what to think of it. Don't, kind of out there, but but you know what? It's not a major thing to focus on. It's a it's a diversity. It's a difference. And he, he recognized their heart, that their heart was after the Lord, and he said, we can walk together. And, you know, so we've got to look at diversity as a good thing, and not just a good thing, but something that we pursue. God, we, we, three things. Diversity is a very good God idea. Diversity is a human struggle, has been from the beginning of time. And thirdly, diversity makes us stronger. So over the last two weeks, we've established two things, uh, that as a human race, uh, and more specifically as the body of Christ, that we 
The we part is necessary in that. It's not me. We were never meant to go it alone. It's always going to be we. We are necessary. We need each other, and that's the way God made us. We're stronger together, and we can accomplish so much more together than we ever could have separately. And then secondly, we are diverse people from all different backgrounds and walks of life. God loves and delights in our differences, but even more important than that, than our differences, is our position as sons and daughters of God. And he wants to see us unified and walking together in the midst of our diversity. Amen? Anybody say amen? Let's all stand up as we, as we close service this morning. Guys, this is us, and I love us. I love us. I'm so glad that we're not all the same. I'm glad that God made us different, different thoughts and ideas. Man, the world, man, the world would be a boring place. Boring place if we were all the same. God loves and delights in the diversity between us, and that's, what I, that's my prayer that we too begin to love and delight in the diversity of those around us. Amen? Lord, we thank you so much that you are a God of diversity. I thank you, Lord, that all that diversity that you find pleasure in, that you take pleasure in, you placed it within mankind. You placed it within Adam and Eve. You placed it within each of us. And Lord, may we too delight in our differences as you delight in them. Lord, we were created in your image. This is who you created us to be. And so we have to believe that there is a plan and a purpose for you to use our diversity to further your purposes and to further the kingdom of God. We thank you for Church of the Harvest, and I thank you for the diversity within this small expression of the body of Christ. And I thank you for each person in their differences. Lord, I believe you brought them here for a reason, to use their diversity and to use their differences to accomplish the purposes that you have for this church family. I pray, God, that no one feels left out, but, Lord, that we embrace one another right where we're at, that we, too, delight in our differences. But above that, that we stand in unity as one family, as sons and daughters of the Most High God. But, guys, as we end every service, that's my question. Are you a son? Are you a daughter? of God. And if you're here today or if you're watching online, we got a good crew watching online this morning. Doesn't matter if you're here, if you're present with us and you recognize that Jesus is not Lord of your life, then I want to take about two minutes. I want to give you that opportunity. I'm not talking about whether you've prayed a prayer before and said, Jesus, come into my heart or anything like that. Is Jesus Lord of your life right now? You know, you know now deep inside. Who, who, who is guiding the ship of your life? Are you standing there thinking that you know what's best? Are you standing there trying to make your own decisions in the midst of this crazy, chaotic world that we find ourselves in right now? Or are you daily waking up and saying, God, I trust you. Lead me and guide me. My life is yours. If that's you, well, first and foremost, with every head bowed, if that's you, if you're here in person, and, and, and you would say, I need to surrender my life to Jesus today. Just lift your hand and let me see. Is there anybody here that would say, I need to surrender my life to Jesus today? Okay. You may be watching online. As I say every week, it, it may be today. It may be next week. It may be next year that you're watching this service and watching this video. It doesn't matter in the slightest. Right now, 
you can surrender your life to the Lord. And the Bible says you become a new creation. Old things are passed away. All things become new. And you become part of a brand new family where you will never be rejected. You will always be a son. You will always be a daughter to God. And he will walk with you through this life. And that eternal life that's promised you in the Bible, it will start today. It'll start in this moment that you make that decision. It starts here. And it doesn't mean all your problems go away. But it does mean that you've got the creator of the universe walking with you. He's leading you. He's going to guide you. He's going to bless you. He's going to help you to find favor in the midst of the storms. He's going to be there to be everything that you need. Trust me, it's an incredible advantage to have in the world that we live in today. To know that God is on your side and to know that you are at peace with Almighty God. If that's you and you would say, I need to surrender my life to the Lord, I just encourage you right now, wherever you are, just pray a prayer, just something like this, however you want to in your own words. Just say, just say, Heavenly Father, I recognize I've tried to live this life on my own. I've tried to do things in my own strength. I thought I knew what was best in the midst of everything. But I also recognize that more often than not, I am an utter failure. I recognize that I am lost without you. And so I first ask, I, I first repent of my sin. I, I admit that, that, that I, I have just lived a sinful life and I repent. I turn away from those things. I, I say, God, I'm so sorry for trying to live my own way. And, and, and so I turn from my sin this day and I choose, I choose you, Lord. I choose you. Jesus, I receive you today as my sacrificial lamb. I receive you today as the one who came and, and willingly died in my place and, and, and took the judgment that I deserved and the punishment that I deserved. And, 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 and there was that great exchange that we talked about earlier. There's that great exchange. I got what you deserved and you got what I deserved. And I thank you for that, Jesus. And today I call you the Lord of my life. And I say that I will follow you all the days of my life until the end. Holy Spirit, fill me and empower me to be everything you've called me to be. I'll follow you to the end in Jesus' name. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662 890 1573 or toll free at 866 383 8277.